Hey, what's up everybody? This is my first audio version of the Art and Attention where I talk about brand building, new media online, uh, new media, new money. And today I'm going to talk to you about how groups form online. My previous note was uh, about like kind of these three phases that these online communities go through. The first one being they sort of form in a group conversation using new tools of the day like Telegram, Slack, Discourse, uh, forum software, etc., they then graduate those conversations and, and build a, a resource library so the conversations start feeding this database of uh, Q&A and links, etc. And then the third phase is they sort of open source it and, and create new distribution channels for themselves. So uh, I recommend reading that previous post. There's no audio attached to that one. Today I want to talk about how high quality groups form and some interesting dynamics around how to... Uh, start to pull together a really solid community. And it's something I learned building out this jacuzzi uh, club community for brand builders. And I think it's kind of a counterintuitive insight. So what I learned is when you're putting together a new community group in a group chat specifically, each person who joins this community has this incentive where they want to be the, the dumbest person in the room. So, you know, if you're going to a, a meetup or a dinner or you're entering a group conversation, you know, it's to your advantage to have everybody else in that group be sort of equally uh, interesting in, in the ways and in, in, uh, equally uh, legitimate, I suppose you could say, in, in the space that you're actually looking to enter. Um, because you want to learn from other people in the group. Like the value of any type of group conversation is that people have something to add or offer to, to the more global conversation that's happening. And so what starts to happen is when you start growing an online community, you start adding more people to a conversation, the group can either increase in quality uh, by adding new members who have more to add to whatever conversation is happening. It doesn't matter if it's a, a silly kind of hobby or, um, you know, group chat, or it's actually something, you know, real and focused like a group for CFOs or a group for Etsy craftspeople. Um, you want somebody to, you want the new people to enter the group to raise the bar for the conversation. So I think this is a little bit counterintuitive. Most people think when they're community building, the question is, how do I get as many people in this group as possible? And in my opinion, to create a really quality space and a quality conversation, you need to go the opposite direction. You want to seed a, a, a community with you know a variety of sort of diverse voices that can add value to the conversation. And as you start adding new members to the group, you actually want to limit uh, who gets to enter because whoever joins the group next needs to be of similar quality or greater quality in terms of what they can add to the conversation um, than the previous person. Because when you do it like that, there's this dynamic that emerges where the first people who join the group, they're stoked to be there because they feel like they're the stupidest person in the room and they love it because they're learning. And if you keep adding people who add more and more quality to the group, then everybody similarly over time feels like they continue to be the stupidest person in the room. You want everybody in a community to feel like they're the stupidest person in the room. And because that's how they get the most value back from the organization. Now, if you do it the way that most people do it, which is uh, going the opposite direction, adding more and more people and diluting the quality, you know, letting anybody in, um, 
I think what starts to happen is the conversation breaks down and the initial people who have a lot of quality to share are less likely to share. Uh, this is specifically for private groups. Um, this is not the case on social media because on general social media, it's a broadcast medium and everybody's in, in the group and you're trying to build your own audience and channel that you can publish to. I'm talking about purely group conversations, Slack groups, Telegram groups, WhatsApp message groups. Um, and you can think about this as a really simple example and, and version of it. You know, imagine um, imagine Sam Harris and uh, Joe Rogan start a, a Slack group for podcasters. And so first it's Sam Harris, then it's uh, Joe Rogan, and then they decide uh, to add, you know, Dak Shepard and a few other, you know, more notable podcasters. And things are going great. It's like, this is an amazing group. We're all sharing and learning, you know, what is it like to build an audience in the way that we're doing it now? And then imagine uh, somebody in that group has an open invite for anybody who's interested in starting a podcast. They invite that random, you know, person who is three episodes in and kind of struggling. They just like spam out invites and suddenly the group grows really big. Now there's 500 people in a Slack uh, together. You know, that conversation for those original members, it's just not interesting. They just don't want to be in a group where they don't feel like they're getting equivalent value back or they're the stupidest person in in the conversation. So that's the first dynamic to understand. Communities are counterintuitive in that you want to keep raising the bar for quality with each new entrant. And so you should actually see a die-off happen. You should you should limit and, and further limit the scope of who is... Uh, allowed to enter the group if it's a closed private group more and more over time to solidify um, a higher and higher quality experience for each member. Now, let's talk about another dynamic that I think is, is interesting and it plays off my previous post around databases and resource lists. When you have a broadcast medium, like a newsletter, uh, a podcast, a uh, social media channel, there's the opposite effect, right? You want anybody who's actually interested in this topic to follow. You want anybody to sign up for this newsletter. So you can grow these type of channels to infinity without a degradation of quality. And in fact, um, it's actually better to have more nodes in these distribution type networks like a newsletter or like a uh, social media channel following because you get more surface area for the discussion. Of course, there's trolls. Of course, there's spam. But in general, more interaction, more voices at the table is a better experience for everybody uh, because you get this big sort of diversity. The difference is it's a one-way street um, from sort of quality creator to audience at large. And not it's not a full open conversation and dialogue. So, you know, you get to broadcast to the mass group um, without being stuck in a group chat, a permanent group chat with everybody. Now, I know there's some blurred lines around social media, something like Twitter, like it does feel like this open group chat, but you have to think of each person owning their own channel. They don't have to follow anybody if they don't want to. They don't have to read anything if they don't want to, but they can still publish uh, to thousands, if not millions of people. So there's this sort of asynchronicity, asynchronicity um, of... Uh, sort of value where the the channel publisher can actually have more value than the audience. Um, and so there's like that different type of dynamic in, in social channels. So why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because to build out a really quality community, be it on Slack or on um, discourse or whatever it is, you can 
bridge the gap from a small curated exclusive group to a large mass audience in a way that serves both groups needs so you can think about it like this uh you know joe rogan um and sam harris and a few other really popular podcasts podcasters they're all in a conversation they're in a group chat they're enjoying it and they don't want to let a thousand random people into the group chat however they do want to publish their new episode to a thousand people they do want to do a live q a in front of a thousand people they want the distribution of the mass network without losing the exclusivity of the sort of communal uh, small group network that they get value from. So as a community organizer, I think your role is to do two things. One, to develop a really uh, high quality experience that increases over time as new members are added. And two, to build mass distribution channels for members of that group to utilize in a one-way direction. So an example of that would be, you know, in Jacuzzi Club, we have, uh, you know, really high-quality founders and brand builders across, uh, you know, a variety of industries in this conversation. You know, we're sharing links, we're asking questions, we're giving each other sort of tips and resources and support. And that is great because it's a high-quality curated experience. Now we have a newsletter, the Steam, that curates bits and pieces from those conversations and publishes them to you know, a mass audience. We could have a million people on that newsletter um, and it would still be high quality. And, and if, if anything else, it'd almost be more high quality just based on maybe feedback we'd get. So as a community builder, how do you organize an exclusive group conversation, but then give that group access to a distribution platform that's one way uh, in terms of publishing? So we let members in the exclusive group publish their ideas, their products, their releases, Q&As to a wider audience in that one-way forum. So, you know, we could do this with an event as well. Hey, you're in this small exclusive group of, you know, founders. We're going to host a live conference open to the public and we want you to be on stage. So people of sort of quality of influence in a respective space that they're in, they want to publish to the masses, but they don't want to be in a conversation to the masses. So my recommendation is, is think about how are you building exclusivity in your community um, and increasing that quality over time. And then if you want to have things that are more mass oriented or are larger communities, um, make sure that it's sort of a one-way directional conversation from the one group to the other. Now, the last thing I'll mention here is that the mass audience still benefits um, from that interaction. So yes, there's more leverage for uh, the person on stage speaking to the audience, but the people in the audience get to learn a lot from the member on stage. So I see, you know, the conversations that we're pulling out and curating into a newsletter being of value for the people who are joining that newsletter. So there's value being um, passed back and forth. And um, it's just about kind of knowing what spaces different people want to engage in. So hopefully that makes sense. Let me know if you have any questions, if you um, are interested in speaking about this further, always happy to help. My contact info on Twitter, et cetera, is at the bottom of all my emails. And uh, I'll be back with more updates about some of this community building stuff, uh, potentially by audio form, if you like it, sometime soon. Peace.